Have you ever wondered what it's like to experience one of the oldest rainforests as a blind person? Or how it feels to get around one of the seven wonders of the world with mobility issues? You're listening to Accessed That, a podcast that explores what it's really like to travel as a person with a disability, like me. I'm Carney Liddell. And I'm Oliver Hunter. Each episode, we send a travel lover on an adventure around Queensland, and then we get them in the studio to have a chat. We ask them what it's like for them to navigate the world, hearing the highs, the lows, and the lowdown from people who have been there. Access that. This podcast is presented by Queensland. Before we get going, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording and the country we love to travel. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. And I would especially like to pay my respects to the First Nations people living with a disability. Here we are, Ollie, episode two. And what an episode it is, Carney. I'm super pumped for our guest today. She's quite the traveller. She does put my list to shame. Oh, okay, your list, not my list. Yeah. My, my list is quite impressive. I haven't got as many followers as her, of course, or awards. However, we did learn a ton about what it's like to get out of your comfort zone and travel with a disability that's not so well known. Carly, uh, for those who don't know, is an award-winning writer and speaker who has been honoured with the Order of Australia Medal for her work as a disability advocate and activist. Even though I'd consider her a mate, I was quite fascinated and intrigued to hear about the prep that comes with heading away from home with a severe skin condition like ichthyosis, especially in the hot sun of the appropriately named Sunshine Coast. All right, well, Carly, thanks so much for coming in. We've got you in today to talk about um, traveling with a disability and accessible travel. Yeah. Uh, what's it like? I mean, we both know, uh, Carney and I are in wheelchairs, but you're not a wheelchair mm-hmm. user. So what's what's it like for you to travel with your disability and what sort of, what do you need yeah. to make that happen? So I have an access rider, which is yeah. like a rock and roll rider, but more grandma. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <my> <laughs> <laughs> I so want one. Yeah, yeah. You can you write me one? Yeah, you yeah. can write it yourself. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's um, got like that I need an overnight stay, yeah. that I need to um, have a hotel room with a bath, that I need blankets and air conditioning because my body doesn't regulate its temperature um, that when I do events. And I think that that's about it. I used to say I'd only travel with one um, airline because I had a lounge membership. <laughs> um, but I did get an airline lounge membership so I could have a shower if um, the flights were late, you know, and I, and I was like having a long day. I could use that um to have a shower if needed. So, yeah, I mean, it's not particularly complex. You can easily ride it yourself if you want as well. And I'm not requesting like $500 bottles of vodka and blue M&Ms. I'm requesting yeah. what I need to do my job. Beyonce? I don't know. Or Mariah Carey, I think it was. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, but then sometimes I get given really cool stuff, like um, not just when I travel but when I do work, the access riders for that. So, you know, I might be in my hometown and sometimes I've had like a cheese platter presented to me. I've had so you like should. music that I like uh, as I walk in. It's, it's very nice. So, so if I request a five-star hotel, can I possibly say it's because I'm in a wheelchair? Maybe. <laughs> if, it, I mean, if it meets your requirements. Tell me, what happens if there is no bath? I'll just have a shower, but it is nice to have a bath. Yeah. 
Or, and- or I can think about is it must be nice to be able to access the airport lounge. It's, uh, you, <laughs> it's you, actually- you two and your uh, exclusivity. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not in there. Yeah. It's actually not that flash. I like yeah. I have been in the the very flash air- airport lounge once, and it was it was very weird. Yeah. It's very sterile. I only had a cup of tea. I had a meeting in there, um, but I, the the general one. I mean, it's just it's mostly full of footy players, really. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask though. So you're talking about the access rider, which is which is great, and thanks yeah. for letting us in on that. Um, but over your time when you were, as you travelled as you were mm-hmm. younger and. And you, but you're a bit of experience now. Did you mm. sort of learn what that was, or from sort of trip one or day one of travel, you knew what you needed as a? No, I started off um, probably just hearing from others about other disabled people about what they did when they travelled or when they worked, because it's very interchangeable. Like a lot of the stuff that I need when I travel is stuff that I'll need when I just I'm in my own city doing a speech. You know, like um the temperature regulation stuff, the, um, you know, needing a, a blanket or a place with air conditioning or, um, you know, the, the water. When I, I, I didn't travel overseas until I was 30. I really wish I'd done that before, but I wasn't very good with money. And also I was really worried about um, what would happen. I th- I didn't know that I could travel overseas comfortably. And so when I was 30, I got a scholarship to go overseas through the Lane Beachley Foundation. Um, and that's kind of what kicked off my, you know, my advocacy career, my activism career, because I went over to speak. I reckon I must have only done about three, I don't know, smaller speeches in Australia, in Melbourne. And then I got invited to speak in the UK and I'm like, wow, this is pretty big. So I got to speak yeah. at a conference and, and Lane's funding helped me get there. Yeah. And it was contacting the airlines to tell them what I needed. That was kind of my first foray into advocating for my own accessibility. And that was, oh, it was a lot. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, a lot. Yes. We, yeah. When you call the airlines, mm-hmm. talk me through what you have to say Mm. and what you have to ask. So mine actually started before I called the airline. It was when I booked my flight and my mum said to me, don't forget to take out travel insurance. And at the time she worked for a bank and um, we had a credit card from that bank and she said, oh, you'll get free travel insurance through that credit card. So she said, you'll get a call back one day because she, you know, she sorted hers and she said, make sure you you call back Carly. And the person from the insurer called me back and they knew nothing about my skin condition. They knew nothing about ichthyosis. And they told me that the excess would be like (laughs) $5,000 if I got sick with an unrelated condition. And I'm like, but you don't even know what this condition is. So how? Mm. And um, I ended up, you know, there was that calling off period. So I could just say, I don't want to go with that. Um, insurer but there was that to start with um, realizing like this is a costly thing Mm -hmm. and also um, I did finally found a um, travel insurer that was great and I asked someone that I knew who had had cancer and had gone to America because I was going to America at the time as well and so it's very expensive there healthcare is really expensive insurance is always more expensive when you go to America and so my yeah, my friend had cancer, and I said, "What did you do when you travelled?" And they told me what they, which travel insurer they got, and I've had that ever since, and it's been great because all of my details are on file. There's really no, um, you know, no more disability tax, I guess, on that. It's the same as other people pay. Um, it's great. So. Um, that's because as soon as you say pre-existing medical condition, oh my God. even if you get hit by a car. 
yeah. they would blame the fact that you're, yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know, I've got a muscle disease. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so there was that. And then when I um, planned to travel, I went overseas for, I think I went for eight weeks my first time. Um, yeah, I went to America and I went to England and um, I had to take um, probably 10 kilos of um, paraffin ointment, which is the ointment that I use. Um, so it's like Vaseline. And I get it made up at the chemist and I have to take a lot because that's how much I'll need for the time. And I don't know if I can get it there. I don't know. Like, I mean, mm. I probably could buy some off the shelf, but it's not what I need. Um, and so... I had to tell them that I'm bringing 10 kilos of paraffin. Oh, my God. I had to sign like uh. a material safety data sheet thing to say that it's not flammable, like it's mm-hmm. not, um, you know, bomb-making equipment or whatever. Mm. And then um, some of the ointment I had to take in my carry-on so that I could either put it on during the flight or in the soft over. And just that, you know, you're only allowed 100 mil in America. So trying to get that sorted was really tricky um one of the airlines was really great and i'll give a big shout out to air new zealand there they were amazing the other couple were really tricky and they often didn't put the note on my file and i'd get Mm -hmm. to the airport and then that wouldn't be on my file so there was that but also just having to declare that i don't have a um a communicable disease like often when i have to tick on the sheet like do you have a disability there's that is it contagious? And is it? There's, no, it's, is yeah. there a, I've never even noticed yeah. that. When I've travelled to Asia, um, yeah. there's been that. And and I guess, I mean, now we've seen, you know, obviously through the pandemic, um, we see that there are reasons not to fly. But I think to have that first question, like, are you contagious? And, yeah, and just that fear, I think that's really hard. Um, and the other thing is when I travelled um, back from Indonesia a few years ago, I went to work in Indonesia for the Writers' Festival, for Ubud Writers' Festival, oh, and I got really dear. sick and I fit with my skin and not I, – I mean, I probably had Bali Bali a couple of times, but yeah. um, it wasn't terrible, but my skin got really sore. I think if you can't drink the water, it's bad for your skin. And so my skin got very, very sore and I was in a lot of pain and I ended up having a wheelchair on the way back. So I flew from um, Semarang in central Java to Denpasar and then Denpasar to Melbourne. And I um, – one thing I've been doing is booking a airline lounge pass for international, which is great. It's only like $60 or mm-hmm. something and you can have – that's like quite a luxury lounge compared yeah. to the ones here. And you can have a shower, you can eat and rest. And and that was fine except, you know, I, I observed this from my wheelchair-using friends. Often they're not spoken to directly. It's, every you yep. know, everyone mm-hmm. else around them is spoken to. And I couldn't do my own check-in or anything. And so, you know, I was in the wheelchair and I had no autonomy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, and one of the things I find, and I'm sure both of you find this, when you talk about it um, online or in the media afterwards, you get that secondary ableism. Like, of course they didn't know about your condition or of course they were hesitant to touch you or, you know, Mm. don't, don't expect good service. So it's like this weighing up about whether you talk about it or not. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And also like, there's nothing worse. I don't want to whinge. Mm. I want to be able to fly and also I, with, when you have a disability, when I have, like, for myself, I already feel like I'm too much mm. so I don't want to add on mm. another complaint or for me things being stolen or being flooded or being a single mm. mother. You feel like you're enough of a burden yeah. without adding anything on and mm. also just by asking the question, for example, Virgin, I'll say Virgin Australia, 
when I fly with them, they're so generally speaking, touch wood, they'll just ask questions like what mm. do you want to do, how to get off the plane if it should go down, like mm. actual questions like mm. how do we get you off and how do we load your chair, really basic mm. and just treating me like a human and saying, oh, I don't really know mm. and then listening to me, believing me and then making it easier for me okay. and I don't expect them to understand my condition. Mm. Mm. They're just trying to remove the barriers as much as they can and I think – yeah, it's it's tough, but I think I think we've all said it that self advocacy is huge, and for anyone else out there traveling, it is tough. But hopefully, you can just keep pushing through, and mm. and it does. It hurts. It's a lot of effort, but I think um, as soon as anyone, any of us stay quiet, that's when that's when that's when we lose the the passion or the mm. the drive to travel, and then and then that's. But I was the same as you, Carl. It took me a while to to believe I could do it. And yeah. I traveled to America as well, but once I did that, it was. It sort of got the got the travel bug now and mm-hmm. away we go. I was lucky. Yeah. I was in my 20s and even younger when I travelled. Yeah. Yep. So yep. I had a manual chair. We have an electric wheelchair now. Yep. I also was naive and ignorant and optimistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a bitter yeah. and twisted yeah. 44-year-old yeah. woman. Yeah. And I just thought I could do everything. Yeah. Even Venice. My mum mm-hmm. said, look, I really don't think you should go to Venice. <laughs> yeah. I really don't think that would be a place mm-hmm. you can get around when I was in Italy. And my best friend and I were like, oh, how hard could it be? Well, the bridges in Venice have steps. And I wouldn't have thought bridges have steps, but they do. So I won't be going back there. Mm. But I did enjoy myself because I think because I was younger and now Mm. I'm more particular Mm. because all I want to do on a holiday is not feel disabled. Mm. I don't want to feel more disabled on my holiday. Let's talk about your holiday in Queensland. Mm. Yeah, I went to Queensland and it was so... Great. Um, um, I was at the Sunshine Coast for sort of three and a half days. Oh, my parents yeah. were there. Yeah. yeah. Wish I knew so, you were there. So nice. I actually didn't have time to uh, catch up with anyone because it would, my okay, itinerary. Okay, you let off the hook then. <laughs> my yeah. itinerary was jam-packed. Um, I took my mum because as a retiree, she's now living her best life. Yeah. Um, and... It was really funny because I've been watching the Zac Efron show on Netflix, the Down, Down to Earth, and he does this really great show around sustainability and environment and food. And the other day um, my husband and I were watching and they had someone from Australia Zoo on there and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd like to go to Australia Zoo. Mm-hmm. And I literally then I got the invite to go to yeah, Australia right. Zoo. So I feel like I manifested that. Um, so yeah, we went to Sunshine Coast and, um, it was very much me, like, um, you know, like lots of restaurants, lots of like shopping opportunities, but also some outdoor stuff. I'm, if you know me, I don't really do the outdoors. So yeah. I was naturing like I never natured before. Yeah. Yeah. It was I so like, great. See, I love, great. I love yeah. nature, <laughs> but it's hard for me to access. That's why I go on the ocean all the time. Like, yeah. I swim and paddle. So uh, for me, it was a good time to go because it was in in winter. Um, if I went to Queensland in summer, um, or you know maybe after September, October, it would be way too hot. So it's nineteen degrees every day. It was perfect. Um, I was really sick when um, I was supposed to go to Queensland. I had like oh. um, a virus, RSV, I think, which is like the flu, and. Um, they ended up just taking my itinerary and moving it back a week and I was so thankful that I got to do that, you know, that accessibility was accommodated for because, um, you know, I didn't have to rebook all my trip or cancel it at all. Um, and the sun I think really helped just being in that warmer weather in the sun helped um, me not be sick anymore because when I went I had a bit of a cough and when I came back the cough 
Maybe Wasn't you should there? move to Queensland. I'm <laughs> I, sitting here in Melbourne, <laughs> literally I'm freezing. frozen. And uh, Australia Zoo is a really big place. Mm-hmm. I've been there in a wheelchair with mm-hmm. my son and it's a workout and a half. Mm. How did you find it and what yeah. was your favourite part about the zoo? Um, I did 12,000 steps at the zoo. It was oh. great. We tried to book a um, buggy for me if I needed it mm. to get around but I think they get taken pretty quickly. And there's so, segways. Would you ever get on a segway? No. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so we tried to book a buggy. They were taken. But we did end up using a buggy um, between the Australia part and the Africa part. Mm-hmm. Um, and so initially we got a shuttle bus and then I said to mum, oh, COVID's still around. Um, I don't feel great in this bus with the windows up, so let's get the buggy back with, like, the air all around us. So, yeah, we walked – I mean, I don't know how far it would have been between zoos or between destinations in the zoo. Take it from me. My shoulders are hurting just thinking about it. Australia (laughs) to America. It would have been – I reckon it would have been a good sort of five, ten-minute walk. So, yeah, we got the buggy. It was great. I found like it was, you know, the weather wasn't too hot for me. I could just walk around really comfortably. Um, there was a really, really long queue for the cafe. I did find the cafe queue very, very long and there was kind of nowhere to sit. Oh, that's where you need a wheelchair if you can jump the yeah. queue. I know. Well, no, I, there was some people in the wheelchair and they were not jumping the they queue. Were, um, they, they were, were still in the, the queue. <laughs> <laughs> they were a little ahead of me and they did not jump the queue. But but one of the things that I find is when I go out and, you know, I work in the arts, I work in events, there's very rarely a place to sit um, in standing areas. So I just think that places like with where there's queuing could do with some seats around. I have a rare severe skin condition called ichthyosis. It means that my skin is red and scaly and susceptible to pain and infections. I was born with it, it's genetic and there's no cure. I was really, I was sort of always on when looking around, looking about accessibility and not just for my accessibility but for wider accessibility. I love how you always do that with your Instagram posts. You're so much better than I am. Thank you. With thinking about other disabilities. Yep. So accessibility is around customer service, right? It's about treating people right. It's about making people feel welcome and um, I was really excited that someone served me and they were deaf and I'm like, this is great, you know, the, you know, it's an inclusive, welcoming workplace. We went to um, have a photo with the koala, which Ooh. was really lovely and I feel like I did skip the queue there, a um, bit of disability privilege there. Um, there Instagram we, famous. <laughs> we had the... We had a pass and we got there, you know, 10 minutes early and the staff took us earlier and they said, come with us, you can be our first because there's a big group of people and we don't want to have to have you waiting and standing in line for half an hour. So so that was really good. I didn't have to wait around and I guess the koala was calmer by, you know, being the first. You had the... uh the, the gum leaves make them very calm, supposedly. Yeah. You know, my, my koala that I cuddled at Australia mm. Zoo took off my Akubra and threw it onto the floor <laughs> and I'm like, this could not be more Australian. Uh, that's funny. I was wearing an Akubra and the koala <laughs> took it off and threw it on the floor. I thought it weed on me because it had such a strong smell. Yeah. It did not weigh on me, but um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was really great. I really loved it. Um, 
I'd really, you know, recommend. And it was funny because I saw a, a friend of mine, Allie Mae Barnes, had been there the week before and um, she posted on her Instagram that she cuddled the koalas as well. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. And just seeing because she had a buggy and she has a child as well, I think her child would be about the same age as yours. Mm. Um, and so they were getting around in the buggy. So seeing that someone else did it, I'm like, yeah, I could do that too. And honestly, Australia Zoo is one of the hottest places on earth in summer and they have showers there. They yeah. have like mist and stuff yep. that comes out when it's hot. But I'm really glad you went in June. Yeah. I had a really big day at the Australia Zoo and I was very grateful after doing 12,000 steps to get back to the hotel and have a bath. I loved the Monday markets and I could have shopped for hours. I wish I knew how much was there so I could have spent longer at the Monday markets and then gone to the zoo. But you also went to Monday markets. Yes, oh my God, it was so good. So good. Um, lots of um, really good food, lots oh. of clothes. My mum spent up big there like clothes and jewelry I didn't really um but I, d I did buy some food um yeah that was really fun I actually wish I went longer um you know because we big. prioritized the zoo that day so we only went for an hour to the market but it was great huge and also lots of paths places um to get around are the paths now cement or is it lost rock still uh no cement like road bitumen yep and any other highlights from the magical Sunshine Coast? I'm very um, biased. I had my 40th <laughs> up there at Noosa, so I do love Noosa because it is quite accessible. The food was really good. Um, we went to some really great restaurants which all seem to be accessible in some way. I wouldn't say they're fully accessible though. No. There was like a um, – there was a <laughs> – Entrance, you know, at the back, so you know, what's, <laughs> so what's always a back entrance, yeah, or a, or a service know, lift. Yeah, you don't want, you know, when the entrance is with the bins, it's not very respectful, <laughs> is it? Yeah, well, we've got an accessible entrance, just come through the kitchen, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see what you're doing to my food, so <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. that, and just um, there was another restaurant which I felt it made me laugh actually. It was kind of attached in a, in a bit of a public place, like it, it was almost attached to like a shopping outdoor shopping centre. Mm -hmm. And so um, there was, a, you know, when accessible toilets are locked? Well, every toilet was locked. Yeah. So everyone had to use Please the code for everything. Please stop locking um, accessible toilets but, and then putting the, the key up the steps. People, listen, this, was, this is a community this, service announcement. <laughs> well, this was more equal because all the toilets were locked. <laughs> you, um, yeah. You mentioned as well you, you did some uh -huh. major stuff and you're not much of a major <laughs> person. So yeah. Tell us what, what you did um, yeah. for the nature part of the trip and mm -hmm. why um, that was great. Yeah. Well, I mean, on the first day, Mum and I went for a bit of an explore in the afternoon and um, we noticed that the beach was just behind the main street, Hastings Street. Oh, you um, stayed in Noosa? Yeah, we stayed oh. in Noosa or a little bit out of the main centre, but yes, we stayed in Noosa. Um, and so we walked along the beach and that was really lovely. And then um, on the, the Friday, the first full day we were there, we walked through the national park mm -hmm. um, and on one side was like rainforest, the other side was beach. That was really lovely. So we did the coastal trail there and that was great, really nice. Uh, and then we went on a boat ride to the Everglades and we saw the water that was mirrored, like there's a mirrored lake, I guess, where the reflection is just stunning. Yeah, um, yeah so that was great. It was a 
good experience to be outside. And then, yeah, most of the stuff was outside because the markets were outside, the zoo was outside. The good so. thing about Noosa is you've got that boardwalk that goes along the beach. So you can wheel along that. It's a bit bumpy, but you can mm. wheel along that. And they've also got that wheelchair beach mat at yes. the surf oh, club yeah, and they've those. got a wheelchair, like a beach, a beach wheelchair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can actually – and when they put that mat down, which goes right to the ocean, you see mm. most able-bodied people using it. Because this, if the sand is hot, yeah. obviously you want to go on the mat because it's not mm. as hot. And you see people with prams using prams, it as, mm. yeah. as well. Access benefits everyone. Yeah, right? it absolutely does. But mm. also the good thing about Noosa, I find, is that because of the boardwalk and that beach mat, they are more willing to like help you onto a surfboard or help you onto a paddleboard and mm. do things like that or just brainstorm it a bit with you. My 40th, we hired Noosa Ferry. Term, what was it? I mean, and it wasn't accessible, mm. but they just lifted us. There was four people in wheelchairs mm. out of twenty of, of my beautiful girlfriends that came away for my trip to Noosa for my fortieth birthday, and they just figured it out. Mm. It wasn't mm. accessible, and then we, got, we ended up at Ricky's uh, Noosa. There's a restaurant called Ricky's. We Again, there, yeah. wasn't that accessible, but they just figured it out. And yeah. once we got into the restaurant, it was accessible. Yeah, we went to Ricky's. It was very nice. The food was amazing. Oh, it's a good restaurant and great view. Mm-hmm. It was dark when we went, so we could see that there was water, but it, we couldn't see much else because it was like seven o'clock and dark. Did you get in the ocean? But I did not. I do not. Um, I, I actually took my bathers to maybe go in the swimming pool because I can go in a saltwater pool, but it wasn't probably wasn't warm enough and then I didn't have time. Well, it's been amazing to have you on today, Carly. Really appreciate it. Just one more question for you. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing you could change about travel to make it more accessible, what would it be? I think it's people working in travel, be it like at an airline or at a hotel or tourist attraction. Remember that disabled people want to enjoy their time um, and that we have places to go just like everyone else and to treat us like everyone else and with the same respect and, um, you know, that, we're not confined or reduced to a mobility aid if we use one and um, we're not wanting to have a miserable life because you pity us. Um, we're all there to enjoy things and do the work and um, get around. So treat us well and with respect, I think. It's always about attitude, isn't it, and assumptions. It I always find the most disabling thing about having a disability is other people's assumptions Absolutely. about what you can and can't do. And I feel like um, I really noticed that I'm treated differently um, to a customer that comes before or after me. You know, they're often spoken to better or assumed that, you know, they want to look a certain way or um, enjoy wearing clothes or enjoy the restaurant and then I'm treated differently at times. So not that that happened on the Sunshine Coast trip but. It's definitely happened elsewhere. Well, Sunshine Coast, my parents live there, but Noosa is literally in my top three favourite destinations in the world. Yeah, it's beautiful. I want to go there again. Thank you so much, Carly, for coming along today and sharing your experience of my state (laughs) and my favourite place to holiday, Sunshine Coast in Queensland. And also I actually want to thank you for all the work you do for people like me. Uh, people with disabilities, the advocacy work, I know that you really do put yourself out there and often, you know, you experience a fair bit of trolling Mm -hmm. and I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Because I really do appreciate the work you do for us. Thank you. It was fun talking to you both. Thanks, Carly. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Access That, presented by Queensland. We'll be back again soon with more from the people who have been there and accessed that. 
In the meantime, head over to queensland.com for more on accessible travel.